قال رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي Oh my Lord, open for me my chest and ease for me my task and untie the knot from my tongue that they may understand my speech. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ya jama'in Rabbi shrah li sadari wa yassir li amri wa hluluqudatam min lisani yafqahu qawli Rabbi zidna alma Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh My beautiful sisters, welcome to another episode of the Women of Quran Now podcast Welcome Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Again, welcome to another episode This is episode number 3 And we are looking at Jews 3 um, Alhamdulillah, this um, podcast um, has received a lot of good feedback I am really, really grateful And uh, we just started, this is our third week And uh, it's truly benefiting me personally as reminders So may Allah accept from us uh, as usual, get your Mus'haf, a translation of the Qur'an, and let's dive in. Bi'idhnillah. A'udhu billahi minash rajim I didn't tell you which ayah we're looking at. We're looking at ayah 286 of Surah Al-Baqarah in Jews 3. A'udhu billahi minash rajim لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها لها ما كسبت وعليها ما اكتسبت ربنا لا تآخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إصرا كما حملته كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به وَعْفُ عَنَّا وَاغْفِرْ لَنَا وَارْحَمْنَا أَنْتَ مَوْلَانَا فَانْصُرْنَا عَلَى الْقَوْمِ الْكَافِرِينَ Let's look at the translation of this ayah. Allah does not charge a soul except with that within its except with that within its capacity. It will have the consequence of what good it has gained, and it will bear the consequence of what evil it has earned. And Lord, do not impose blame upon us if we have forgotten or erred. And Lord, and lay not upon us a burden like that which you laid upon those before us. Our Lord, and burden, burden us not with that which we have no ability to bear. And pardon us and forgive us and have mercy upon us. You are our protector. So give us victory over the disbelieving people. 
So let's talk a little bit about uh, the context of this ayah. This is, a, this is a tremendous ayah. First of all, Surah Al-Baqarah is a tremendous surah, right? And ayah, ayah 286 is a tremendous ayah. Actually, what makes, what makes it unique with Surah Al-Baqarah is that within the surah, it's the longest surah of the Quran, number one. But number two, within the surah, there are so many powerful ayat. We have the best ayah of the Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayat Al-Kursi. And we have these last two ayat that really are tremendous as well. So here is 286, but we are really the, the, the virtue is about 285 and 286. But today we're only looking at 286, the, uh, the last ayah. I want to share with you um, some hadith about the virtues of this ayat, okay, of 285 and 286, the last two ayat. So it says in a hadith that is um, that you can find in Al Bukhari, so it's an authentic hadith. It says that Abu Mas'ud uh, anhu, said tongue twister for me, said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said whoever recites the last two ayat in Surah Al-Baqarah at night, they will suffice for him. So whoever recites ayah 285 and ayah 286 at night, they will suffice for him. And also it says in a, in a hadith that when the Messenger of Allah went on the Isra journey, he ascended to the Sidratul uh, Muntaha in the sixth heaven, where whatever ascends from the earth ends at, and whatever descends from above it ends at. So he got to a place in the sixth heaven where whatever comes from above, that's where it's, it stops, and whatever comes from the earth, that's where it stops as well. So it says here that, the Messenger of Allah was then given three things, okay? The five prayers. So the fact that we pray five times a day, this command, it was not given on earth. Most of the commands um, that we have to do, you know, pay zakah, do this, do that, all of the do's and don'ts, they were, they were revealed um, in, on earth, right? They were revealed on earth. But the the command to pray the five prayers is a very special command because that was given to Rasulullah in the heavens, in that sixth heaven, in that special place. So the five prayers he was given, he was given the last two ayat in Surah Al-Baqarah, okay, and he was given forgiveness uh, for whoever did not associate anything or anyone with Allah from his ummah. So anyone in this ummah. As long as they, didn't, they don't commit shirk, you know, um, Allah will forgive them. So earlier, um, there's another narration where it says that while the messenger of Allah وسلم, was with Jibreel, he heard a noise from above. Jibreel lifted his sight to the sky and said, this is a door that was open, that was open just now in heaven. And it was never opened before. Allahu Akbar. Let me say that again. This is a door that was open just now in heaven. And it was never opened before. Allahu Akbar. An angel came down through the door to the Prophet ﷺ and said, Receive the good news of two lights 
that you have been given and which no prophet before you was given. So let's see what are the two lights. Light number one, Surah Al-Fatiha, the opener of the book. Light number two, the last two ayat in Surah Al-Baqarah. And it says, you will not read a letter of them, but you will be granted its benefits. Let me say that again. You will not read a letter, not a word, okay? There's a difference between a letter and a word. So a letter of them. Like when I say, la, that's two letters. Lam alif. Yukallifu. That's several letters. I'm not going to do the count right now. But can you imagine what I just recited at the beginning of this podcast, of this episode? Every letter, you get a benefit. You will not read a letter of them, but you will be granted its benefit. And so there are two lights um, that were given to Rasulullah for his ummah. And so this is why I was telling you guys, this ayah is tremendous. It is tremendous. Like I want you to feel so special right now because Allah has blessed you and blessed this ummah with this ayah. It's a treasure. And I pray that this motivates you to memorize it. And if you do not memorize it, at least read it every night because it will suffice you. It will protect you. It's, 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 it's a tremendous it's a light. SubhanAllah. Okay, so let's now look at some tafsir about this ayah. There are several things going on with this ayah. Um, so several parts to it. So let's take the first part. It's going to be a little bit lengthy because there's so much to say about this ayah, right? So it's not a, it's not a, a short ayah. It's a pretty lengthy ayah and there's a lot to say about it. And it's a tremendous ayah as we just, you know, saw the virtues of it. So, um, so yeah, so be comfortable, sit comfortably and enjoy. So first, um, that first part of this ayah, it is so comforting to me. It's so full of hope. I know it's like an affirmation for me. I use it as an affirmation. Whenever I feel weak, I use it as an affirmation. Let me explain to you why. As Saadi, in his tafsir, he says, um, he says, um, let's see. I'm just going through my notes very quick. Okay. He says that in this verse, Allah told the believers that he does not place on any soul a burden greater than it can bear in other words whatever burden allah places upon an individual it is within his capability and he does not overburden him or make things too difficult for him <laughs> allah akbar. you see how this is so comforting and this is, and you understand why this is an affirmation for me to say this, I say, I remind myself of this whenever I feel weak. And so, um, Asadi says, in principle, the commands and prohibitions, they're not too difficult for people to adhere to. Rather, they are nourishment for the soul, a remedy for the body, and protection from harm. Allah enjoined these things for his slaves out of mercy and kindness. Yet, despite that, if something is too hard to adhere to for some reason, he grants concessions to make it easier by waiving it either completely or partially, as in, as in the case of the concessions made for those who are sick or traveling and so on. So we know that 
if you are sick, for instance, in the month of Ramadan, and it's like, you know, it's really de debilitating, you're not supposed to fast. You can make it up later. If you're traveling, you can shorten your prayers instead of make uh, instead of pray uh, instead of praying for rakah for units of prayer for zuhur, asr, and aisha. You can pray too. You can you can make it too. And this these are concessions. These are like ease that Allah has given us. So He, within His legislation, there is ease. Then there are plate there. There is room for concessions, and He has not burdened us more than we can bear. So whatever He has asked us to do, is because we are capable of doing. Subhanallah. I want to share with you what uh, Ibn Kathir says about this. So he says, Allah burdens not a person beyond his scope. This means Allah does not ask a soul what is beyond its ability. Subhanallah. So Ibn Kathir says, this only demonstrates Allah's kindness, compassion, and generosity towards his creation. Okay. And Let's look also at what Numan Ali Khan says about it in his tafsir. He says, everyone has different strength and capabilities and opportunities and genes, etc. Skills. Allah will not burden me or burden you beyond our capabilities. So it's, he says it's like a race with oneself. You know, like you have this much potential. Allah has decreed this much potential for you. And it's different than the potential for me. It's like, we're all different. We all have different opportunities, genes, and whatever. And Allah will not burden me or you beyond what, beyond the potential. So he knows how far we can go. And so when he decrees things for us, it means that we are able to face it. And so this is why, like, when something really hard happened in my life, I remind myself of this this statement la nafsan illa us'aha and i say to myself binta if it has reached your door it's because you can handle it you know and i so it's like you know i heard non muslim say um yeah it it's, it's it's a difficult task it's a difficult task but we can do difficult things you know, like it changes instead of like trying to weaken the thing and say, oh, no, no, it's not that difficult. It's not that. No, acknowledge that it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge, right? Actually, I'm having a rooster. Um, the rooster. So maybe they saw an angel. I'm discussing about Allah. So let me just make a quick du'a. I mean, so basically the, the point here is that, you know, you, you, um, you know that Allah will not give you, will not place on you something that you cannot bear. And everybody is different and every one of us can bear different things. What you can bear, I may not be able to bear. And if it's not decreed for me, it means I can't handle it. From the moment that it is decreed for me, it means I can handle it. And so this is why we can't really compare one another. We can't, I can't compare my life to your life and whatever because... We don't have the same opportunities. We don't have the same skills. We don't have the same potential, right? So I like what the Manali Khan said when he said, it's like a race with oneself, right? And so whatever Allah decrees for us means by default that we can handle it. SubhanAllah. And he says also that we were not going to be Muslims if we could not handle the Islamic worship. So the fact that you are a Muslim and I'm a Muslimah, 
Allahu Akbar. It means that we can definitely, you know, strive and, and, and worship Allah. Like this is, this is for us. We can handle it because otherwise we will not be Muslims. So um, moving on to the second part of, the, of this ayah, because this first part, I really could, really could talk about it for a long time, but I want to move on. The second part of the ayah is talking about what we will, um, that what we will receive, good for good, bad for bad, basically, right? It's like, it's really referring to accountability uh, and the day of judgment and what we are earning in this life and how we, were gonna, how we will be held accountable in the next, right? So it says here that then Allah, this is in Saudi's tafsir, then Allah tells us that each soul will be rewarded for what it did of good and whatever it did of evil will be counted against it. No soul will carry the burden of another and no one's reward will be given to someone else. Allahu Akbar. Isn't that amazing? The word, I mean, this fixes insecurities right there, right? You don't have to be insecure. You don't have to, like, have that mindset of, mindset of scarcity, scarcity where you're thinking that, oh, because she has it, I can't have it. Oh, because, you know, she was blessed with this, I cannot be blessed with that. No. You know? And, and, and the, the fact is that the, uh, the treasure of Allah is limitless, He's al-wasi'ah, one of his names that means that he is without limit, he's vast. And so, whatever we need, we should just turn to Allah, right? So now, um, the reward for what we do. I, I love what Asadi says, he talked about the Arabic word. He said, the word which is translated here as earned, you know when it says, soul will be rewarded for what it did of good and whatever it did of evil. And they use like, earned right the 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 term earned and he says the the um the word that's used here is kasabat okay kasabat and he says that um let me see he says the word which is translated here as earned kasaba flows more easily on the tongue which indicates that doing good is easier and takes less effort subhanallah and as soon as a person forms the intention to do good, so as soon as you have the intention, like, you know what? I want to actually go visit this brother or sister who's sick, right? As soon as you form the intention to do good, the reward begins. Allahu Akbar. Let me say that again. As soon as you form the intention to do good, the reward begins. So I told you guys I'm a coach. I'm a life coach. So I'm going to bring some coaching tips in the in the midst in the midst of my tadabu in the midst of my reflection here i always say to my clients i say plan and i think i mentioned that in a previous episode plan the next day the night before set up beautiful intentions for yourself so let's say you know you you planning and you say okay i want to call my relative i want to give the sadaqah i want to you know maybe memorize his dua I want to, um, you know, spend some quality time with my spouse. I want to, um, tomorrow what I'm going to do, I'm going to um, make sure that I, you know, um, check on this sister. It's been a long time just for Allah. I'm going to check on her. And you schedule it in. These are intentions. These are good intentions. Your reward already starts. 
right? So plan good intentions for yourself. Okay, so then it says, on the other hand, the word translated there as committed to, ektasaba. So let's look for that word. So the it's, this is how it says. It says, laha ma kasabat, right? Laha ma kasabat. So this is the, the 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 easy form of saying earning right and it's like it's, it flows on the tongue and it's like it it like refers to the fact that it's easy to do good deeds you know the reward starts immediately with the intention right so laha ma kasabat wa alayha maktasabat now maktasabat iktasabat that's uh, that's harder to say right and so asadi says he said, it's more difficult to say, which indicates that doing evil is not recorded against an individual unless he actually makes the effort to do it. Right? Because remember, this is like recording <clears throat> the good that you do and the reward that you'll get. So in my Quran here, it says it will have the consequence of what good it has gained. And so that gain here, the word in Arabic is used, the word, the easy, easier way of saying it, kasabat. And it will bear the consequence of what evil it has earned. And that earned here is iktasabat, which is harder to say. And so it, it, it shows that you will, not be, um, you will not be punished right away for an evil. It's like, it's, it's really, you would have to make an effort to do evil for the, ev for the uh, evil deed to be recorded against you. And, you know, it reminds me of the hadith where the angel who records the evil deeds had weights doesn't record it right away it, he a lot you know asked the angel to wait for a certain amount of time to see that if you will you will um you know ask for forgiveness or change your ways or regret make toba right and if you do then it's not written for you so subhanallah and also even if you think about it when you do a good deed it's multiplied at least by 10 but if you do an evil deed only one is recorded so the iktasaba is like Really, for you to have it against you, you really have to make an effort to do it, as Asadi says. So I thought that was really, really interesting. So that's the second part of this ayah, of this ayah that I wanted to share with you. And then the third part, now we go into a series of Rabbana. So now after that, you know, um, the believers are making dua. Allah shows us the duas of the believers and those are duas. That's why it's such a good ayah to memorize. Because we now go into a series of Rabbanas. Rabbanas, right? And so Asadi says that, well, first let me share with you what we are asking. So we are asking Allah to overlook what we forget and our mistakes, number one. We are asking Allah to not burden like burn us like the people of the past. That's number two. We are asking Allah to not burden us with responsibilities we have no power to bear. And then we ask Allah to pardon us, to wipe out our sins and to cover them and to show us mercy. So Asad says that um, pardon and forgiveness are acts by means of which one may ward off evil and harm. So when you ask for forgiveness, it is, you know, when you're forgiven, then you're, you're basically protected from evil and harm. Because, you know, if you, do, if you do wrong and you're not asking for forgiveness, the consequences of that is harm. It's harmful to you. Mercy is that by virtue of which one attains well-being, right? So when we ask Allah for his mercy, you know, that's we're asking for well-being in all our affairs, 
right? So that's how Asadi kind of translates these Rabbanas. And he says, so right after that, we praise Allah. The ayah ends with praising Allah with one of his name, which is Al-Mawla. And Al-Mawla, Numan Khan, he says that Al-Mawla is the protecting, uh, the protecting friend. So, um, Ibn Kathir says something very beautiful. He says, you are a mawla, meaning you are a supporter and helper. Our trust is in you. You are sought for each and every type of help. And our total reliance is on you. There is no power or strength except from you. I love it. I love how he, um, he, um, he, he wrote this. So, al-mawla is our protecting friend, right? And we're calling on Allah to protect us and we're using that name and, and attribute of his al-mawla right and uh, mawla also means like because you know supporter and helper right when to protecting friend but really supporter and helper you know when we say you got my back basically al-mawla got he gets the he has the back of the believers and so it's really important for us to know this because we we see um we feel helpless lately right we are feeling helpless lately but we shouldn't. We should remember that Allah is in control. That Allah is the mawla of the believers. He is the protector, the supporter, the helper. He knows best why he does what he does. And again, let's remember the beginning of this ayah. He will not put on any one of us a burden greater than we can bear. We, all, we have all seen the courage and the, the show of iman. I mean, the amount of faith... The amount of reliance of Allah on Allah, we have seen. I mean, we are learning from the Palestinians. We are learning from their courage. We are learning from their faith, honestly. And so, why? You know, I remember my husband was saying to me, my husband was saying to me, he said, you know, we are here crying over our little problems, right? And they are over there feeling sorry for us because they at another level right now of Iman. And it makes sense because they are constantly seeing death in the eye. They are faced with so much death and destruction around them. It, it, it has, it ha to me, I feel like it has to, to elevate you in Iman. You know? Because we are getting distracted and we are getting comfortable in our comfort zone with... And so the little discomfort, we start complaining, we start crying, we start making it like a, it's a big deal. Subhanallah, Allah knows who He's trying, and He knows how to. He knows the the ability of the people He tries. He knows who He is trying. The trial is with wisdom. The trial is decreed with wisdom. The trial is custom made to the person. Subhanallah. And so it, it just reminds me again that if it has reached your door, it means you can handle it. Then I give us understanding. So Allah is al-mawla, and we need to remember that. So he has everything under control. We're not going to feel desperate. We're not going to feel helpless. We're going to continue to make dua for the ummah. And in this ayah, right, we know at the beginning we said the hadith of, of the Prophet Muhammad he said, Whoever recite these two ayah, the last two of Baqarah, they will suffice him. If whoever recite them at night, so we are. I'm recording this at night. I have recited them at night, and it's like for me, it's a protection, but it's also a reminder that I'm making du'a as a believer, 
I'm making dua. I'm calling on Al-Mawla. This is not, this dua is not individual. It is, it is, um, it is collective. We're not, I'm not saying, the, the, the dua doesn't say my Lord. It doesn't say Rabbi. It's a Rabbana. Our Lord. Our Lord. Our Lord. We are calling on Allah collectively. So imagine all of us are saying this. You know, this is something that, you know, gives us agency. It makes us understand that we are not helpless. And the ayah ends, you are our protector. You are our, um, you are our mawla. We are, we are affirming this. This is an affirmation. And we are saying, so give us. Because you are our mawla, there's a fa that comes here. And that fa is like, so. It means so. Because you are a maula, give us, right? Fansurna, give us victory. Give us victory. Aid us with victory. Help us with victory. And Asali says that this word here, nasr, right? Fansurna, the root word is na, nun sodra. You know, we have that in idha jaa nasrullahi, right? Wal fat. He says it's not it's not a small help. It's it's not a small aid. It's like major, major aid. When you use the word nasr, it means it is it's a major type of help. Right? It's a major type of it's a big help. It's a huge help. And and so again, we are asking Allah for this huge help that would give us victory over the disbelieving people. And um, here it says, Asadi says, um, those who rejected your religion, denied your oneness, refused the message of your Prophet, worshipped other than you and associated other in your worship. Give us victory and make us prevail above them in this life and the hereafter. So that's what Ibn Kathir says. And in, let's see what Asadi says about that. He says, um, help us against them. No, before that, I think it comes a little bit before. So we ask, here it is. He says, so we ask you, O our Lord and Sovereign, to complete your blessing by helping us against the disbelieving people who have disbelieved in you and your messenger. Oppose, who have, meaning who have opposed the followers of your religion and disobeyed you. Help us against them with proof and evidence and on the battlefield by causing us to prevail in the land and causing their defeat. Bless us with faith and righteous deeds that lead to victory. Praise be to Allah, the Lord of the world. So this is what um, Asadi says. This is how he ends the tafsir of this ayah. And so this ayah again reminds us that we are not helpless. We are not helpless. We have a mawla. We need to call on him. We need to believe in him. We need to obey him. We need to follow his commands. And we need to understand that whatever he tests us with, we can handle it. We can absolutely handle it. Because that's his promise. He says he will not burn us, you know, um, except what we can bear, except that what is within our capacity. And that's why I was telling you, sisters, women of Quran, I was saying to you that this is it's, it's an... <laughs> A really great affirmation to have, you know, to remind yourself whenever you feel like you're losing it, whenever you feel like you're too weak, this is too hard, you can't handle this, because you're going to get was was. I get was was. you know, we're going to get all these was was, all these, um, you know, 
thoughts and whispers that do not serve us, that makes us weak. But then we have Quran that reminds us. And like Rasulullah said, they will suffice you if you recite them at night. And look at the, the timing of it. We know that uh, we're supposed to close our doors, our windows and stuff like that at Maghrib, tell the kids to come inside the house. There's a hadith about that. Why? Because the shayateen, they come out at night. So at night, the shayateen, they roam around. And so this is why it's so important to recite the athqah of protection as you go to sleep, right? And you, you know, like if you don't know what they are, going to the fortress of the Muslim, it's, you, they have it as an app, they have it as a booklet, just Google it and look up, uh, you know, athqah invocations before going to bed, before going to sleep. There you will see that you're supposed to, you know, recite the, the three kuls, so the last three uh, surah of the Quran, and blow on your body from head to toe, do it three times. You're supposed to recite ayatul kursi as well. So there, you know, there are things that we're supposed to say. And these last two ayat of Baqarah, they are also a tremendous protection for us. They will suffice us against anything. Rasulullah said, they will suffice us. Right? So this is a tremendous ayah, a tremendous help. It's a light. It came, it was revealed in the heavens. It came through a door that was never opened before. Subhanallah. I pray you benefited from this. This was such a great reminder for me personally. I thank Allah for the opportunity to share this with you. I pray that we um, benefit from the, the teachings that we implemented in our lives. I pray that it witnesses for us and not against us on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Until I meet you again next week for another ayah, another juice, and more reflections. Bi-idhnillah. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, sisters. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzah. Amma yasifun. وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين